Hello, humans. This is the quote of the day slack line coming at you again on Monday, January 15th, uh, 2018. This is the boss. The boss is coming! That's a made up dumb fairy tale name, you Coming at you from Vancouver, Canada. It's a nice sunny day here. And as usual, we are chatting quotes of the day, quotes we hear around town, quotes I look up, uh, anything that piques our interest. Uh, Greg, who are we brought to by today? Uh, let's take a look here. Brought to you by today, new cone portable nuclear holocaust protector. Get a message from your government to seek immediate shelter. Hear that fatal whistle above your head? Why don't you try a new cone portable nuclear holocaust protector? Forms a protective cone guaranteed to guard you against all the horrors of a nuclear blast, no matter how close to it you might be. Call now and receive their limited edition clear new cone so you can view the beautiful devastation around you uh, under full protection. That is the new cone portable nuclear holocaust protector, and I personally guarantee that that does not work. All right, we are here with the quote of the day. A very topical one uh, to start off the week comes to us from Omar Bradley, a former U.S. military general in the Cold War. That quote is, Ours is a world of nuclear giants and ethical infants. If we continue to develop our technology without wisdom or prudence, our servant may prove to be our executioner. That, again, is Omar Bradley, former U.S. military general uh, during the Cold War. And uh, I felt like that was a topical uh, a topical quote today. Uh, for those of you who didn't know, uh, over the weekend there was an alert sent out over uh, all of Hawaii, over all uh, data carriers, and they uh, sent out a message to all Hawaiians and people, anybody that was on the island of Hawaii, that includes people that were on vacation there from other countries, and blah, 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 blah. This message came across all cell phones. Ballistic message threat inbound to Hawaii. Seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. Okay, so that that message stood out there on people's phones for 38 minutes uh, until somebody finally discovered that it was a human error. They were supposed to be testing that system, uh, not actually implementing it. And uh, in that 38 minutes, a bunch of Hawaiians, uh, you know, as the as the message said, they sought immediate shelter. They went into buildings they thought were more. they went into buildings that where they thought they'd be better protected. There was, you know, pretty good pandemonium on the island, as you might expect. Um, yeah, it was interesting to me because for those of you who follow the podcast, you know I was in Hawaii uh, not that long ago. And, and this did cross my mind while I was sitting around there uh, thinking about, you know, we're the closest, uh, we're the closest target for a North Korean missile launch, like by far. Um, and, and you drive around the island and there are, you know, there are sirens o- uh, everywhere left over from, from World War II. They're there for tsunami warnings and that type of thing. And, and so, you know, the idea pops into your head whenever you see one of those, like, well, man, I wonder if one of those went off. And, you know, it's a military area, especially I was on Oahu, which is where Pearl Harbor is. Uh, so there's, there's, uh, there's helicopters and stuff doing test runs all the time and, and I remember saying to my to my brother, looking up at one of these helicopters or uh, at looking up at one of these planes that was going overhead, and I said, uh, you know, "What if you looked up and that had a 
a North Korean flag on the side of it. And he looked at me like, holy fuck, dude. And I was like, yeah, man, like it's, it's weird to think about. And then, you know, not even a few weeks later, uh, this message gets sent across, you know, it, it's a reminder of how close we are, you know, you don't really think about it. I mean, the, the thought is maybe we shouldn't even be thinking about it. I mean, the, the chances of it happening are pretty remote and the, uh, if it does happen, it would be swift and quick and, um, you know, some of us might get a good view of some terrifying things, but, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a reminder of how close we are because, you know, I don't know, like in my lifetime, I've never felt this. I've never kind of felt a, uh, I don't know. It's kind of hard to put a word to what the feeling is. I don't, I wouldn't even call it fear or a threat. It's just, something that's in the air of like what the fuck is going on and and how is this going to play out and part of it is because you don't the 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 two people that are kind of uh uh are that the two people that are creating this situation are you know they're unstable people we're not sure what they're thinking or what they're going to do next and it's a scary situation to be in um like like the quote says they're ethical infants um, you know, and they both are, <laughs> they're both people that have grown up in sheltered environments, being told they're basically royalty their whole life and not having to work for anything. Um, they are ethical infants. Uh, they, you can, you know, any of the stories you read out of that fire and fury book, any excerpts will, will give you the impression that that Donald Trump is isn't much more than a kindergartner and uh and likewise for for Kim Jong Un like it's obvious he was he's literally raised to be royalty and and we know that that tends to not breed uh proper psychological perspective so uh yeah it, it it's kind of a weird weird spot to be in and and I mean only people that lived through the cold war can really relate and and even then, like, you know, all the only reference we have for it now is is textbooks and, and documentaries and that type of thing, movies even um, to try and and give us that feeling. But, you know, now being in it, you realize how those movies, you know, they they couldn't give you that feeling unless you you'd known what it what it meant to really, you know, think about not being surprised to wake up tomorrow and find out that a city has been has been wiped out uh it's an uneasy feeling and uh and maybe it's something that is better left not thought about but then uh then nothing will change if people don't think about it if people don't talk about it people don't try to impact it in some way so uh yeah it reminded me of a story actually I, i read uh it's in one of my books that's in my bathroom and it's also I read it on uh or I I referenced it a little bit on one of the large slackline episodes in uh in 1983 there was a a Soviet military person a lieutenant colonel of the air defense forces named uh Stanislav Petrov and uh in 1983 uh just a few weeks after the Soviets had shot down uh a Korean plane uh, over their airspace, they received a early warning signal of a nuclear strike against uh, against a Soviet target. 
uh, from the U.S. And all protocols were to immediately launch, and all protocols were to immediately launch a retaliatory attack. Uh, but for some reason, uh, Stanislav held his ground and and had a gut feeling that this was uh, this was a false alarm. For some reason, you know, he risked the lives of a lot of people on a gut feeling, um, and it turned out to be a false alarm. And uh, and he prevented nuclear war by by following just that that thing, you know, and uh, by following just that instinct. And it's it's freaky to look back on that and go like, holy shit, the world was literally one guy's. Uh, choice one guy's not even choice like hard stance uh against launching this missile like he disobeyed direct orders in the fucking soviet military (laughs) to not launch a nuclear strike and uh and i mean the guy's a fucking hero uh he just died last year actually um in september not uh not long before the anniversary of of uh of the deed that he did so um yeah i found that to be an interesting story kind of a uh, inspirational story of of uh you know perhaps people getting a conscience about them in a moment like this and it makes me think about well you know a guy like trump he has his finger on the button and even a guy like Kim Jong Un, like he has a f- his finger on the button, um, but there are you know people in place that have to turn keys, that have to obey orders, that have to actually push buttons, um, and uh, and put in you know uh, keywords and and uh, passwords and all that type of shit. Uh, you know, it's interesting to think about if somewhere along the line, uh, one of those people would just be like, nope. And even if it was like the very last person, like this, like it was the very last person that could have said like, mm, nah, don't really feel like murdering millions of people today. And uh, it'd be interesting to see what would happen, you know, if people would just get replaced until somebody actually did it. If there was kind of like maybe a mass mutiny for the sake of humanity in a weird way, like academically and as like a storyteller i find that to be intriguing i find maybe that to be um, an interesting piece of fiction or uh you know potentially a a very interesting piece of history to look back on if if something like that ever played out um academically for sure it would be it would be absolutely fascinating to find out uh, just how that type of thing would happen, you know, the aftermath of it, would there, like, how, like, even the stuff that's happening right now with, you know, Trump and all that stuff is academically fascinating, um, you know, purely from a standpoint of, well, if this was happening in the, in the Cold War, he'd be gone a long time ago, if this was, you know, like, what are the, what are the, what are the outcomes of potential, um, cabinet members and, uh, uh, you know, vice presidents and, and chiefs of staff and stuff going to jail, potentially even the president going to jail. Like what, what is the outcomes of this stuff? They don't really, like in Canada, we have a non-confidence vote. If people start to get sick of the government, the, the government uh, can kind of overthrow itself and call an election. They don't really have that in the U S they just kind of have a chain of command and, 
you know, the people that are immediately under Trump, you know, they've been propping him up. So they're obviously not far from his uh, from like his ideal vision of, of where things are going. So, um, yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting conversation, I think, to have about now. And and that Hawaiian uh, message really kind of freaked me out and and I thought I'd bring it up and chat about it. But I also I mean, I want to talk about the second part of this quote a little bit, too um because the first part uh references the nuclear giants and ethical infants second sentence if we continue to develop our technology without wisdom or prudence our servant may prove to be our executioner and i find that to be interesting in a few contexts like uh in the context of nuclear giants and, and ethical infants i think that uh i think that you can argue that servant in that context would mean the people they've elected to serve or the people that supposedly serve the people, um, you know, the high, the, the high command that ends up actually launching those things. Uh, and I, I think it can also mean the technology, um, you know, we, we use it as a servant. We use it as uh, a replacement for the duties that we don't want to do, um, including now uh, military operations and distancing ourselves from the actual uh horrors of war as far as you know drone strikes and stuff like that are concerned so um from that perspective technology our servant becomes our edu- becomes our executioner and that opens up whole new uh, avenues of of threats of uh artificial intelligence which is something that a lot of high level scientists are really concerned about now people like Stephen Hawking people like Brian Green uh they uh they regularly chat about kind of the existential threat of artificial intelligence and the idea of it getting uh uh getting s- you know smarter than we are and eventually kind of overthrowing humanity in a weird way like these things are are uh <laughs> these things are the subject of science fiction like Terminator and uh, and iRobot and stuff like that, but you know, there, uh, science fiction brings those questions up because they're real questions, they're real possibilities of things that could happen if if people, you know, don't take responsibility for for the stuff that we create, um, all the way from from weapons to things like three D printers. You know, I talked to last time about, or I talked one of the, I talked on one of the episodes about people making guns out of 3d printers and um you know it it goes along with my philosophy of well if we if it can be done it will be done and um and you can't stop it you can't like as soon as a uh, a technology as soon as a new idea comes to form uh you can't stop it and especially now with the spread of information and the access to technology and and uh and the speed at which we can create things and the speed at which we can uh transfer information and uh like there's just there's kind of no limit to who can do what eventually obviously like materials like uranium and shit like that are hard to get (laughs) hard to get your hands on but um you know it kind of gets easier and easier uh from a from a standpoint of like well you know if i really wanted to order some uranium or make that type of deal or you know find some 
some uh some high value metals so i could make some uh some computer chips or something because i'm a really smart person and i'm working out of my basement with some soldering uh soldering uh equipment and and like an electrical engineering degree to try and put together some ai robot uh you know there's a dark web there is black market for all that type of stuff and, and if you want it you can find it um and and as people again share information quickly and as people you know in my opinion get smarter and smarter younger and younger uh you're going to start to see people experimenting with this type of stuff in their own homes because again there's there's no way you can stop it <laughs> there's no way you can monitor that um you know you can monitor the few scientists that maybe work for the government under military funding um and even them i mean they're purely working for the worst part of it you know they're ma- they're making weapons out of it and yeah, other technologies get born out of that, and there's there's uh, there's there's benefits to you know kind of a, a smaller <laughs> military industrial complex, um, as far as its its uh, propensity to uh, to breed innovation. But I would argue you don't need war to uh, you don't need war to uh to breed innovation and technology i mean uh something like the like the nuclear bomb itself i mean it runs off of atomic energy you know nuclear energy it's something that we use to power a lot of places around the world and it has a bad connotation because you know there is safety concerns involved with leakage and 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 radiation and stuff and also because people associate it with weaponry um when it's really like one of the safest and most environmentally friendly forms of of uh of uh energy generation um you know kind of getting back to uh to the dangers of this stuff you know we have to and and taking responsibility for it like uh i think that we should uh but that needs to come from it needs to come from like an education standpoint it needs to come from uh you know from teaching future generations that that we don't want to build um weapons of war and stuff like that um i mean that's kind of the only way because it's strange that we can't that we that we really can't learn even from like really recent history and like devastation of of uh of of and devastation of like japan and um you know just just the cold war in general and 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 nuclear and and uh nuclear stockpiling and and we have reduced those things but there's still plenty of there's still more than enough nukes in the ground in 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 all these countries to uh to annihilate the whole world and so like what's the use in that i don't understand what the use in that is and and honestly like of all the ways to go of all uh the reasons that humanity could you know could find a way to i guess destroy itself the idea that it's just like a dick measuring contest between two idiots uh is super depressing <laughs> you know like there have been very few wars throughout time that that have been justified uh you know, I would argue that World War Two was one of them. You know, it doesn't mean that all actions w- that happened in World War Two are justified. Um, maybe it does. Uh, you know, that maybe that's another, again, another chat for another podcast. But, but uh, you know, those were evils that that were trying to take over the world. 
and I think that we have those evils now, but they're not they're not military forces crossing borders. They're they're people in high level positions uh, funneling money to themselves. And uh, I feel like I could get behind a fight for. I hesitate to say anything about participating in in war and stuff and and what I would or wouldn't do because uh, I've never been in that situation, never been close to that situation. Uh, thankfully, and 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 thank you to the people who have fought in the past and continue to fight for, uh, so that you know the rest of us don't have to. But you know there are a lot of things going on that I would argue don't have to be fought for. Um, people that are starving and whatnot in North Korea, I would argue, is is something that could be that should and could be fought for. Um, but how do you solve that problem with a with a nuclear strike? I don't understand that because the people again at the the people that are the problem are not uh, all of North Korea or all of Syria or something like that. Like the people that are the problem are, are people that have found themselves in high level positions and are incredibly corrupt and are willing to, you know, kill people around them and that type of thing to hold power. Uh, like those, are, like Kim Jong-un is the problem and the people around him, Donald Trump and the people around him are the problem, you know, not necessarily the people that they've convinced uh, that their ideas are good because I mean, there are a whole bunch of factors that play into how people can do that, you know, and, and lack of education, lack of information is number one at the top of that list. And so you can't really blame people sometimes for getting caught up in that type of stuff, but you can, I think, blame the people that are perpetuating it and knowingly perpetuating it at the top and, and causing, uh, existential dangers for the rest of the world um again purely on ego trips uh and, and and when you think about well if these people are the real problem again like a nuclear strike you, you might take on you might take out kim jong un uh you probably would but you wouldn't take out but you also take out you know hundreds of thousands if not millions of people uh that are innocent in the whole thing and then possibly get that done against your own country like <laughs> there's no logic in that where is where is the logic in any of that? Uh, when you can you can when you have like elitely trained people that can go in and, and and take people out, drones that can snipe people from from thousands of miles away. Like, um, if the if the goal is to just kill J- Kim Jong Un, uh, I think that that could have been done by now. Um, I, like I I don't <sighs> I have guesses at reasons as to why people you know don't and and why uh you know we would have a whole a whole military force running into into uh iraq to quote unquote free people from saddam hussein but we don't have you know the same sort of thing going into into korea um you know there's a lot of factors that play into that uh but the one thing that i can say with certainty is that uh nuking each other won't solve anything (laughs) other than uh the the few main people would be dead and along with a lot of other people that didn't deserve to so um yeah the idea of world destruction at the hands of egomaniacal psychopathic idiots uh is pretty depressing and uh so maybe we'll leave it there for today a nice depressing note for everybody to end on uh that quote again uh is ours is a world of nuclear giants and ethical infants. If we continue to develop our technology without wisdom or prudence, our servant may prove to be our executioner. And that is uh, Omar Bradley 
He was a U.S. military general uh, during the Cold War. And that quote again brought to us by New Cone, portable nuclear holocaust protector. Uh, hear that fatal whistle above your head? Get a message from your government to seek immediate shelter? Make sure you have New Cone portable nuclear holocaust protector. Forms a protective cone guaranteed to guard you against all the horrors of a nuclear blast, no matter how close you are. Call now and receive their limited edition clear new cone so you can view the beautiful devastation around you and remain fully protected. That, again, is New Cone Portable Nuclear Holocaust Protector. Uh, you have been listening to the Quote of the Day Slack line. Thank you very much again to Crooked Spies for providing the music. Uh, thanks to anybody who is listening. If you haven't yet, check out uh, the Instagram at the.slack.line, Twitter at slackline underscore radio. YouTube is the Slackline Podcast. I am the boss. The boss is coming! made up dumb fairy tale name, you You've been listening to the quote of the day. Thanks to anybody who has been listening. We'll see you all tomorrow for another quote. Have a good day.